this today. Well, on Pentecost Sunday, we could go a number of ways. We were talking on the way here in our van about Pentecost being, in some ways, uh, the recognized birthday of the church. The day when the Spirit, who Jesus had promised, as we read last week before he ascended, the Spirit came. The promise fulfilled. Well, on a birthday, it is common, I hope for you, to receive gifts. I was thinking about gifts this week. I was thinking about one particular Christmas, not a birthday, but the birthday of Jesus, in which Jonah's papa received a gift. You can probably imagine that in the uh, the uh, uh, frenetic pace of Christmas Eve with a group of grandkids, that things sometimes can get a little noisy, and it's tough to keep track of what everyone has opened. And it was several Christmas Eves ago there in uh, his papa's living room that he, papa, opened this gift. Now, all the gifts had been opened when our sister-in-law, Missy, said to Dana's dad, Bob, did you open a cup? He nervously chuckled and reached down to the coffee table and lifted up this cup. And he said, yeah, this, this black one. And as the picture shows, I mean, it, it, it would do its job and hold coffee, but his face, you could tell by his expression, that he kind of thought, like we all did, that it was kind of an unremarkable Christmas present. He loved coffee, but he had no shortage of cups, and this one was a little plain. Missy, my sister-in-law, explained, now, when you put something hot in it, a picture of Ashland, their daughter, his at that time, only granddaughter would appear on the mug. He laughed and turned from nervous to relieved when he said, Oh, I couldn't figure out why you'd give me a plain black cup. When we don't know what a gift is for, it can be kind of tough to appreciate it, can't it? I was thinking about the gift of the Spirit as recorded there in Acts 2. which reads, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astounded, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? 
And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others said, They are simply filled with new wine. May God bless the hearing of his word this morning. So today we come together in part to celebrate to celebrate the promise of the Spirit. You heard the story. You've probably heard that story just about every year around this time of year for as long as you've been in church. You know the story. All gathered in one place, sounds of rushing wind, tongues of fire, each speaking the gospel, the mighty works of God, as the text said, in other languages. On Pentecost, something significant was gifted to the church in the Spirit of God. At times, though, I think think that we have confusion about exactly what the gift is for. In considering the details of the story, some might think the purpose of the gift was simply more energy or excitement for these followers of Jesus. Worship, in every tradition, has many elements to it. Some of us can be drawn to something that has a little bit more expression or energy or even excitement. Others are more reserved and quiet and drawn to a different style of worship. Neither is necessarily better than the other. Energy, though, is something that all churches need. Sometimes in the work of being the church and the responsibilities that go along with that, church life can feel heavy, weighty, wear you down. Budgets can be tough to balance. There exists maintenance, sometimes major maintenance, that must be done. Other times, the weightiness of church life has to do with disagreements that occur between church people, some of which more significant or important than others that require a good amount of attention and energy. When there are issues in our own church or community, well, then the responsibility of being the church, of being salt and light in the world, in our community, takes place. There are obviously enough problems for us to at times, get worn down. With all these concerns and all of these weights, wouldn't it be nice to be lifted in the energy of the Spirit? Maybe that's the gift of Pentecost. Others may decide that the gift of Pentecost is that of power. That stands to reason. After all, we read and. <clears throat> The verse from uh, Acts 1 that was included in our text last week, when Jesus said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. He goes on, of course, to be my witnesses 
right? But sometimes we look in our community and even at calendar at my house. And we look back and think of a day when the church was viewed with respect and prestige to a degree that there were certain things not scheduled on Sundays. Hmm? A time when Christianity as a whole enjoyed a certain clout in the eyes of the world, even, we might say, power. Gradually but steadily, and probably maybe not so gradually anymore, we would have to admit that we have been pushed to the margins of wider society. Sometimes it's easy to mourn that we feel, or what we feel has been lost to the point that we don't recognize the opportunity that we now have. When the church holds a place of prominence, it can become so easy, so easy for cultural Christianity to become rampant. For us to lose sight of the fact that God calls each of us to make a decision as to the claims of the gospel and to follow Jesus. That said, even if we looked at the person of Jesus, you wouldn't look at him and say, here is someone who held great sway or great influence or power on all of society. Now, he had his followers, obviously, and he had those who were interested in his teaching, but he did not teach that his kingdom was based on acts of power. Maybe we need to consider how we define what power is. That sometimes the vulnerability and weakness of being on the margins can be just the place that the Spirit of God can provide the power needed to be the witnesses that God calls us to be. I mean, even at Pentecost, when the Spirit came, the initial reaction of the people was, these guys are drunk. <laughs> Not that they were full of power. As we consider the gift of Pentecost, we'll likely conclude that it's not energy or artificial adrenaline that the Spirit provides. Neither is it some sort of cultural influence or that form of power. I think the true gift of Pentecost given to us through the Spirit is the gift of something to say. It's a word to speak in the midst of brokenness and tragedy that is unlike any other voice present in the world. When the Spirit was given to the church, the church, most notably Peter, if you continue on in Acts 2, the church stood up and spoke. It talked, he talked, and the whole world heard the good news shared just the way they needed to hear it in their own language. The message that the church began to proclaim that day and still is, is uh, commanded to proclaim today is life is stronger than death. Hope is deeper than despair. And in the work of Jesus, we have confidence that every tear one day will be dried and by the power of Christ's resurrection, death and pain will be no more. This word, this word remains our gift to speak. 
We each have a voice, and the world waits to hear it. So this Pentecost Sunday, we remember the gift of the Spirit, and we recognize the call of the Spirit that we use our voice faithfully in a world desperately in need of the message we hold. Amen.